fuck is up, everybody? It's, it's five o'clock on, on Tuesday, March 1st. Uh, there's, there's no baseball. Baseball's not coming. Jose's going to have to help me lead the show because I'm just so disheveled by it. Jose, can, like, can, like, can we just hit the music right now and we'll just get right into it? Because like, this could very easily be a four-hour show. Let's hit the music and let's talk some baseball. This will be the highest point of the show. All right, hit the music. Why don't you talk tonight? Drugs got me sweating, but the room getting colder. Looking at the devil and the angel on my shoulder. Lean with me, pop with me. Get high with me if you rock with me. Smoke with me, drink with me. Lean with me, pop with me. Get high with me if you rock with me. Um, right into it, Tim. Where do you want to start? I'll let you lead the way here. Where do we even start? I mean, you guys know I've, we've been on this for a very long time. The MLB and the MLBPA, they have to get a deal done. They have to get a deal done for baseball to happen. Today was the, I'm sorry, last night was the self-imposed deadline by MLB saying they have to have a deal done by today or the season gets postponed. And then, at the, when the wee hours of 2 o'clock in the morning, they come out and they say, we've extended the deadline to 5 p.m. today in the hopes of getting a deal done. It's like a little ray of sunshine peeking but, through the clouds. Jose, you know as wait, good as me. Oh, wait, there's more. But you, Jose, you, like, this, like, in this situation, like, they're, like, they're a like the MLB is like a parent saying that like if you don't get a passing grade on this test like you're not using the car this weekend so the parent then and then the kid comes home with a 65 he pass he doesn't pass the test like as a parent you have two options there either be the asshole and impose the deadline otherwise you look weak or two don't impose the deadline don't impose the consequences and look weak Tim's in his bag right now going back to his childhood Shout out, Ed. My mother, my mother, my mother was always my lawyer. My father was always my executioner. Going way, way back. I can tell these memories still haunt you to this day. Ed's an executioner. He'll probably listen to this. I I get what you're. I get what you're saying, though. It's almost like MLB's in the driver's seat, and they're trying to force the MLBPA into, you know, one of two outcomes, either of which would benefit them. But to it, but to it though, for them to move it, you got to be like. Okay, like they they can see the finish line from where they are. So like in their head, they're like, okay, listen, we're we're nearly there. We need one more day to iron out details, and then and then we and then we doesn't that all feel like doesn't that all feel like a fraud now? Like like it was was like at two a.m. in the morning when they said they were going to push it to five p.m. today, and then as we got closer to five o'clock which we're actually not even there yet, but we now know that there won't be a deal, but they've also released some of the details. And from what they're reporting, at least, they were pretty far off on a lot of the financial numbers that the players union wanted versus what MLB wanted. Right. And like, so so my question would be, why, why would you extend the deadline if you were never actually planning to make a deal regardless? I think it's, I think that it's a PR issue. I think that Rob Manfred is about to speak. I'm not going to listen to it out of protest because he's just going to he's just going to share. So he's just going to spew some bullshit. The you the 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 owners can now say, look, we came in today and with good faith intentions of of finalizing a deal of getting this done. We extended our deadline, and the players didn't meet us halfway. This this is on the players, not them. That's what MLB can now, that's what the owners and Rob Manfred can now say to the media with a straight face. That's why they extended the deal. It, it, it makes sense, but the one baseball fans aren't idiots. Every MLB, every MLBPA source that's going to either Jeff Pass and shout out Jeff Pass, and he's been, he, he's been the best, him, John Heyman, Buster Only, who I'll get back to in a little bit. They're like, they've all been, they, what happened? They were on it. They, they've been posting shit all day from the PA being like, listen, like the, like the players came in with the intention of negotiating today, but we were never as close as the, as the, as the owners made it sound. 
I sent you, we posted, I posted that one thing on the, on the page for us. The biggest thing is where this is where the buster only take, I'll come back to, but the biggest thing just on numbers alone, the, um, the, I don't remember the, the mnemonic for it, but the, essentially the luxury tax where the, the team can spend up to a certain amount the and then CBT. for every CBT, thank you. For every dollar after that, they're taxed on. I don't know where the taxes go. I don't know if it goes to the union or it doesn't. I think but some of it might go to the arbitration pool. It could also. I, I really don't know. I should know this. I'm, and probably some of it's like minor leagues or something. Right, which the minor leagues aren't affected by this, if you can believe that. We can get back to that later. That's probably good news for Sherman also, which I've kind of been worried about throughout this. Um, That's interesting. I actually didn't know that. So the minor yeah, leagues are still going to play. They're, they're, all in their, they're all in their facilities. They're all going to work, really? which is probably like a good thing. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, great for them, right? It's one of the few times that they're actually still playing and not having their own issues. Yeah, you and I those minor league players are even more underpaid than You MLB and I players. are going to learn how to how to gamble on baseball, watching watching minor league baseball and fucking uh, college baseball. It, let, uh, it's back college to baseball. The, the the union is a standing firm that they want that they want to raise the CBT. They it, it, the you, the owners and them are twenty million dollars away on the first year alone. And the union has gone back and forth. They've dropped their they've dropped their pre arbitration pool numbers. They've they've come down on 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 arbit on uh, pre arbitration team control first year uh, salaries. They've come down on that. This the, like these numbers alone for the CBT would make anybody think that okay, the short of a miracle, short of a true natural act from God, you are not going to you are not going to get close to this. And then. I was this was like that was my biggest thing. I again remember I was asking you if you watched the you watched the Michael K show at Buster only like yeah. it was on like a half hour ago. So yeah, give, us, give us the beef from Buster. So Buster brought up a very interesting point, and Michael K back to Michael K is a prick, but I trust in the no baseball where he was like he wasn't offering his he's opinion. He was he's a legend. Fuck you, he's not a legend. I can't believe you just called Michael K a prick. He's a prick. He's a legend. He's not. If you know this, if you knew the the Fordham stories about him, you know he's a prick. Uh, um, no, but he's got a good team around him to cover shit like that up. But he, <laughs> that's not where I was going with this. Uh, um, no, but Buster got on the Buster got on the show, and he was very formal, and he said, "Listen, one thing that's not being discussed, like what the players are asking for in the CBT, are not." Are, are, are not um, are not ridiculously outlandish numbers. Like they're very doable numbers. This is almost owners versus owners versus players. You you and I both know. You and I are both in big market. We have both big market teams. Our teams are worth billions of dollars. You know, you go to New York, you go to Boston, you go to Miami, you go to California. A couple sprinkles along the way. The big market teams. That CBT is not going to be a big issue. Where the issue right. arises is the Miami. Can, Kansas City. We'll get to Miami also with DJ. That they fucked up. Um, the, the, the Pittsburgh Pirates, the uh, Kansas City Royals, the Cleveland Indians, the Baltimore Orioles, like this, the very the, the small market teams. Buster thinks that they have formed some type of coalition so that they own where the owners have to vote. The owners have, you need, I think the, I think the most no's you can have from, from the owners are, I think, I think seven or eight, somewhere in that area. In order to get what? In order, in order to vote to, in order to vote yes to a CBA. Oh, I see. Like the voting coalition or whatever. The small market teams have enough, have enough votes that they control where the owners are negotiating and based on where the union has based on what proposals the unions have made and to what the owners have come back and countered with that's not that far outlandish because again michael k he's saying that all of the, all of this money that the players are asking for are not unrealistic and that it's a small market teams who are in it strictly for the business that don't want to pay these teams that don't want to pay these players i I mean, I think some of this applies to small market teams. Like you see the CBT thresholds, like you were saying, it's 
20, 20 million dollars off the MLBPA wants two thirty eight. The MLB offers two twenty for the first three years, and then a two million dollar increase in the fourth year, and a six million dollar increase in the fifth year. Peanuts, yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, in the fifth year alone, the MLBPA would propose something thirty three million dollars higher at two sixty three, and this goes back to a point that I made in last week's show when you look at MLB players and you look at the length of their average um, career, it's only like it's something like four years, right? So these guys are making a higher income. So it's easy to look at it from the surface and be like, oh, these guys make so much money. They're so wealthy. You know, they're splitting hairs when they argue about 675,000 or 700,000 versus 725,000 with 20 K increases or 10 K increases annually. Right. But when they're, when you're only playing for four years, you're, you're accumulating what? One and a half, three million dollars, more or less, versus a little less than that, two point seven five. So it does make it does make a difference at the end of the day if these guys are only going to be doing it for four years. Also, that I mean, these guys like shove aside Bryce Harper and Manny Machado. These guys don't hit free agency until they're thirty. So like the idea that they that that like their best like very look at the conversation we had last week about Aaron Judge. If Aaron Judge was able to really test free agency earlier in his career, he would be. It wouldn't be right. more of a question of are the Yankees going to pay him, right? And and now everyone wants to say, well, you know, we shouldn't increase the CBT, or the owners at least are saying they shouldn't want to increase the CBT more because then these guys are going to get paid absurd amounts of money. But these guys make what thirty five. Trevor Bauer is the top guy at forty mil a year. And in the NBA, 40 mil is commonplace among the best talent in the league. And now they should be increasing the CBT. They should be allowing guys to make more, especially if you're going to take away five to six years. And not only that, they're not performing years to to get rid of, you know, until they're able to actually sign a max contract or whatever the equivalent would be in the MLB, something 30, 35, 40 million dollars a year. It shouldn't be unrealistic. They're making enough money to fund that type of payroll and it doesn't matter if you're a small market team or a large market team if you have the funding for it if you're fortunate enough to have an owner with deep pockets like the Mets now have for example I mean obviously it's a big market team regardless but you should be able to go spend it Rob Manfred is just taking a stand I just I see it I have the Michael K show on mute I'm not listening to it he's going to spin this in a way that it makes the owners not look like the bad guys well you know if anything happens hopefully we'll be able to talk about it Dude, the one one of the biggest like one of the biggest thorns in my ass about this, and yes, my ass is pretty big. I could go ahead and make the fat jokes for you. Like the players are not asking the own like the players are not just saying, listen, we want to set this at two thirty eight, and you guys have to figure out how to hit it. Like the players are also bringing in new ideas to dr- to revenue to uh, drive revenues. One of the biggest things. Do you know how in the NBA they have they, they could sell advertising on the uniforms now? Yeah. So the MLB, the PA, brought this to the MLB saying, listen, let's do that also because that's more money in everybody's pocket. And I and like I feel like the players the, the players have, have shown more have shown more flexibility to negotiate than the owners. And like I, you know, if, if this if it is true that the small market teams are the ones that are just saying, like, no, we're not like we're not gonna have ba- we're not gonna have baseball this year. It's very it's very cut and dry. So, baseball will happen. The last time that I heard it on the radio the other day that the last time that this happened, they threatened that there was going to be games missed. The significant portion of the season was going to be lost, and then it wound up being that only one week of the season was lost, and they missed only something like four or five games, or they might have made up all the games. I forgot which one it was, but either way, not bad at all. So there's definitely motivation on both sides because at the end of the day, both sides are losing, right? So I, I don't think this is going to yeah, go I on think- too much longer. And hopefully, like, they made some productive advances in the last 15 hours that they've been negotiating nonstop. I don't know. Did you see – did you hear the thing about oh, – no, you texted me about it, the uh, Rob Manfred golf swing? He was where – allegedly. I heard the Sunday case show. I don't know where he got it from. Mm-hmm. While there's a picture it- of it. There is a picture of it. I think so. Let's see. I'll try. And you find can it. find that. Definitely send it to me. Rob Manford, while his negotiators were at the table, was outside working on his golf swing. Like that is like 
Dude, like, that just shows me that he just, like, he's either, like, yelling, I've done all I can do. Like, why can't you call an owner? Why can't you, like, why can't you go over to the players saying, listen, I want to get this deal done? The owners are paying you to be their fucking negotiator. If you're just letting your lackeys just deal with it and you manage behind the scenes, that's just, like, that is not good business. Like, be, you and Tony Clark, the head of the MLBPA, should be in the front of each other, in the fucking room. I'm, Jose's showing me the picture right now. That's just some bullshit right there. Like, why, <laughs> why are you not in that room? That was like, we're in the middle of negotiating. Like, why are, are you pretty not well. I think Tony this would be Clark's a good time to me. step out and take a nice little golf swing break. Tony, just Tony, practice my five iron. Tony Clark is in that room. Tony Clark is working to get this deal done. The players, the negotiators, the, uh, what's his name? Andrew Miller's in there. Max Scherzer is in there. Guys who are... Eric Cole's probably in there. Tyone. I know they've been out there for the meetings. There's, like they, there's like 100 the, players. There's probably some pretty big-name guys in there. The players are there to get a deal done, and Rob Manfred is just sitting... Like, I'm looking at him right now on the screen. I, if I didn't buy this TV, I could punch it in the... I, I could punch it straight through. Like, you're... Is that a why are screen? you not at the fucking table? Yeah. I'm good. Like, I, dude, like, I'm gonna rant on this. Like, I just like, why the fuck are you not at that table? Golf can wait. I was surprised. Michael Michael done. You break bread. You sign everything. Guess what? It's spring training. You can stay in Florida for the next month while everybody else is in spring training. You can go and see who you have to. And Jose's getting down lower because he wants me to get more mad about it. The more I see about it. I <laughs> don't. <laughs> Shout out to the train. I didn't know you were that close to the train. Oh, yeah. The lure passing by rush hour. Nice. Uh, dude, if you get this deal done, you can stay in Florida. You can go meet with owners during the morning. Guess what? You can go play golf with the fucking owners. Boom. Golf outing once the deal is done. I just Send I, it to passing for immediate release. Hey, like, bozos. Get your act together. Make a deal so we can all go golfing. Like, dude, like, I, I had a, I had a feeling in the pit of my stomach when the owners, when, when they locked out the players in December on December first, and they didn't meet until the till the middle to the end of January. At that point, in my in my gut, I had a huge fucking feeling that they were not going to get a deal done. Now with this deadline looming, it's both sides are locking in their trenches. And it's good. I don't know. So a, a well-respect, again, to quote the Michael K show, because it's the only fucking thing I've been watching. According to a well-known agent, apparently Michael K and Scott Boris are very good friends, allegedly. So I'm, I have a feeling it's coming from Scott. Scott is telling, Scott told his players in December, I will see you guys in flag day. And that's June 14th. Like, if the, if we don't have baseball by April, if we don't have baseball by, by that's like a twenty twenty shortened season. That's probably a sixty game season if it gets to that point, dude. Like, and I and like I can't get over. Listen, two out of the last three seasons will have be will have been shortened. I get the first one was COVID. There was nothing anybody could have done about that. That was the right decision. And guess what? They made it fucking work. We have to get at least one hundred forty games this year. I've heard I've heard a few people on ESPN say that they're looking to get a deal somewhere in the 140 game region, and for some reason that's the number that the owners are willing to accept in terms of money lost, where they can still cover expenses, I guess, and make like a significant enough profit. So I I would look out for that. I think realistically you might miss a month, maybe April. I would look at that right now as the worst case scenario because even through like all this shitty we don't have a deal fog that's hanging over us right now. Like beyond that, there is the fact that these sides have been meeting for 15 hours straight. And at least they're showing the motivation and the willingness to get to that point. But dude, like it, I, if, if they weren't so far away on a lot of key issues, I would agree with you during that 16 hours. All that I'm thinking in my head now is that you have the players on one side saying you have to come up and meet us by two 38 on the first year of CBT and the owners and the whoever the negotiator was at that point saying, we're not going above 220. And I just keep thinking that the PA is look, I 
listen, I think eventually the PA will be like, look, we have to live without the CBT. How the fuck else can we make this happen? But I don't know how else that happened. They, you know what the problem is? The problem is that the, the MLB has all the power. The owners can wait this out. The owners have the biggest enough. stack of chips. I agree. They have, exactly. They can just wait this out and let the players bleed slowly. Players are the ones who have mortgage payments and families to support lifestyles that they've gotten accustomed to since they're on MLB contracts. Now when those checks stop, they're going to start hurting. And the guys on the bottom, even more so. So the guys I, I on the bottom, like I think. This is just an ultimate negotiating chip. I mentioned earlier how I was worried about Sherman. The the lower guys on the bottom, like the the like the 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 five hundred thousand dollar players, they can latch on whether it's with independent leagues, China, Taiwan. I maybe not. You're China, not making but, half the mill to do that. What happened? You're not making half a mill to do that though. They're not, but they can supplement their income. They're not. They're not well off enough that they could. They will be able to catch on someplace else. They'll take away the jobs of the guys who are trying to make it, and unfortunately, because the owners in the independence league in the, in the independent leagues will be like, "Oh my God, I could get real MLB players." And once they once they secure some type of lockout, you know, they'll be able to. Like, I'm more making the point that like, so the the owners have to sit. The MLBPA apparently has some emergency fund, and as of March 31st, when checks are supposed to resume, or. On, on a normal timeline where checks are, where game checks are supposed to start coming back, the MLB like is go the, the PA is going to start issue. I think it's like fifteen grand, like stipend checks, something that keeps that, that that keeps the money that keeps some money flowing for the players. I don't know the regularity of it, but that is one thing. That's got to be very supplemental. I can't imagine that's a significant amount of money. Okay, so either way, they they need this to get done more than the owners needed to, to get done. And I think that's going to be what does them in. That's what's going to force their hand into making a deal that doesn't benefit the players the way that they want it to. So as of right now, according to Manfred, MLB to officially cancel games, Manfred announces he will cancel the first two series of the regular season. He was also quoted as saying, this is where he's going to spin it and say that it's a player issue and not an owner issue. Our failure was not due to lack of effort. That is such fucking bullshit. Like, listen, Robbie, the two... He, Robbie's throwing spades around here. Like, I, you know... I, it, the, I honestly was expecting... I was expecting him to say, listen, we're going to cancel the first two weeks of the season. So, like, the first two series, Six I could be okay. drops you to, what, 156? That would be... That, in my eyes, would be best-case scenario. This is only day one, though. Now we go into a, hopefully not another standstill, but I, I would see how it's possible if they stand still for a little bit while they regroup and decide. All, where the, pl- all the players are leaving Jupiter, apparently. Like that, like that's where the negotiations have been. All, right. the ju- all the players are leaving Jupiter. You had the momentum. Today was kind of the, you know, end all be all, and it ended. Now you got to regroup, regather. I, there's no, in my eyes, there's no way. That we only missed those first two weeks. Like, first how does weeks. he say? How does he say for we did not? This isn't due to lack of effort. Like, how does he say that? Just answer me that. Like, he represents the owners. He has to say that. He's but like, with anyone who's seen these figures, like, listen, if 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 it came out, let's just say for all intents and purposes, like they they're like ten million dollars away per year, or like fifteen million dollars away. Pay per year of of of, of, of player uh, of um, luxury taxes. Okay, like you're just not there yet. You need like you need another week to make it happen. Like, all right, that's fine. You're so far off that you're not anywhere near. Like you're nowhere near where you need to fucking be. Like you let this. I, I'm going in circles now. Jose, I love you to death. I told. I told you to be ready for this. Like, I keep, I keep going about this for fucking, like, a Joe Rogan-style podcast for three fucking hours. The play, for the owner, or I'm Letting sorry, for Rob Manfred to look at the fucking camera and say to it cleanly that this was not due from lack of effort while he is videotaped taking a golf swing, while he is just not giving a fuck. <laughs> like, Rob? It's kind of hard to you. defend yourself like that, right? Fuck you, Rob. Like, honestly, like, fuck you. The fact, like, the one thing I respect about Roger Goodell and Demora Smith 
when both when the when the when the NFL and the NFLPA were in a lockout, both of those guys they took one dollar a day as salaries to get the fucking job done. So Rob Manfred, we none of these friendly guys. Program, what happened? If we were a family friendly program, we just lost that claim to fame. Why is <laughs> with that? Your four, with your four fuck yous to Rob Manfred. <laughs> I'm still gonna put it up as as friendly to kids. Like, dude, I I don't care. <laughs> you label it as friendly to kids. Uh, I don't care. Man. I like listen, kids. Bad guy right Tim. Now, Rob, Rob Manfred, Manfred is a bad guy. If you see him, throw your drinks at him. Don't actually do that. But like, dude, I am just verbally. This guy's mug is bright, fucking center, right on my, <laughs> right on my TV. Like I'm like he has a fuck. He has a. a, a uh, a knockoff version of a Michael Strahan gap between his teeth, which pisses me off even more because he's stealing Michael Strahan's gap. But like, I heard he went straight to the golf course after they ended the negotiation. Okay, there's still he's still talking. <laughs> so no, he didn't go there. Don't you, you can't be that guy. I just this this is it. This is the owners saying fuck you to the players. Like this, the, I I let I like I gotta let you talk because I like I like need a deep breath. I I, I, I'm kind of over it, you know, like at this point, um, they're, they're, like you said, they're very far apart. They're, somebody needs to break here. I don't think that they're going to meet in the middle. I don't think that it's the owner's willingness to do that because if they had the willingness to, to come down significantly or to go up in certain places significantly, they would have done that today. So I, I think that the owners are more than willing to let this ride out. And I think that they're sitting back comfortable because there's no, there's no need to rush into a decision that doesn't exclusively benefit them. They have, they have no reason to meet in the middle. They feel like they sit in the driver's seat of this whole thing. I mean, they're not the only thing that they're really two things that they're really far off on are the R bonus pool and the CBT thresholds, right? Yes. The R bonus pool 25 million to 30 million and then the, the players want 85 million if you wanted to meet in the middle you could have easily said as the owners okay we're going to hit 50 million and the players might bite at that maybe not but if you were serious about getting a deal done today you would have offered something more competitive like that or at least somewhat of an increase in the first three years of cbt thresholds because that's honestly what they did 220 for the first three years that's just flat out disrespectful the, you said one, I don't one player, one player was on the record. I forget who it is. Sorry. No, it's a, it's a, it's, it's, it's one player is on the record offer. saying is this, this, this offer is a slap in the face to yeah. fucking players. And you know what? I agree with them. I think they've stood firm. I don't even think they've budged on the CBT thresholds. They I'm not didn't. sure that they, I'm not sure that they ever negotiated anything besides what the, the MLB set as baseline, which is what you're looking at right there, 220, 220, 224, and 230. So I, this is, this is you're, you're, you're playing into my point, not playing, but you're, you're leading into my point. The PA came ready to negotiate. They, the, the pre-arbitration pool, they, they originally opened up at 115. Today they were at 85 million, just begging them to get to, to, to work with them on, uh, on, uh, on CBT. Like the, the players have shown a willingness to negotiate. The players were there until the players were there late last night. They were back early this morning. They were meeting it. They were meeting with their reps before the meeting. Like I, like the, I, I just, I, I don't know if it's just cause I'm a pro player person in life. Like the players have shown a willingness to negotiate. The owners have just never gotten like they send, I don't know who the fuck the negotiators are, but where are the owners in this? The, I've seen, and again, biased Mets fan of me. Probably the only reason I saw it. Uncle Stevie was at the negotiation. Was at the negotiation. He wasn't in the table. He wasn't at the table, but he was in. He was on the facility that it was happening at. Like where the fuck are the other owners? And I, I'm gonna call your owner out. Hal Steinbrenner came out like a week ago saying like, I hope the fans know that this is a business thing. You know, it's not the owners versus it's not the owners versus the players. It's about finding the best 110% deal. Hundred percent the owners versus the players. So like, like how Steinberg, like how you are the definition of a twenty-time lottery winner who is the son of a guy who brought who who, who built the fucking empire dynasty of a team. 
He built an empire. He built the <laughs> Death just Star. His son who's sitting around still sucking the tit, waiting yeah. for it, you know, getting the fruits of his labor of a team that help me out with the value. Is it a, are the Yankees a five billion dollar team? There's somewhere in that neighborhood, right? I, yeah, I would say that's not too far off. Like that's correct. everything that George did. George spent. George wanted to treat it like a military academy. Like, don't you fucking get up there and say, listen, this is about finding the best deal. Dude, you like, I'm going to say, like, an I, $8 I million dollar investment. As a kid, $5 billion. Like, Hal Steinbrenner, fuck you. Yeah. And now we definitely lost our family friendly programming title. Yep. Should we, uh, should we try and bring your blood pressure down? Maybe change, change gears here. We could change gears, but it's not going to bring my blood pressure. I, I just like you went from CBT and MLBPA and MLB and owners to a, a, a Steinbrenner rant that I don't think even you predicted. Waking up this morning, you were going to go on on this podcast. No, because I had no, because I had it in my head that we were going to get a deal done today because they put it out saying that <coughs> they put it out saying, "Hey, we're extending the deadline. The players are coming back. We were in the, we were in the room until three o'clock this morning trying to negotiate." I thought they were going to come to the facility today and get a fucking deal done. So, no, I didn't wake up this morning thinking that this was going to be where I'm at, which is why I am now trying to pull myself back because I love you very much and I know you want other things to talk about, but this is why I'm at the way that I'm at. <laughs> How do you feel about Derek Jeter, Tim? I'll just pull it out of I'll you instead. I'll that. So, did, did you see what I sent you on that? Yeah, maybe. I sent it to you maybe five hours ago. So... I gotta pull it up because it was. I remember it was like it was kind of important. Was it information it, about how Jeter did not get the money that he was promised to spend? Right. So I don't know who Justin Turner is. I don't know if he's the third. I, uh, I don't know if he's the third baseman enough for. I don't know if this is the third baseman enough for the um for the Dodgers. But his name's Justin Turner on Twitter. He says that he has sources. Common sense and reading in between the lines tell me that the that one of our game's greatest champions, Derek Jeter, the captain, is stepping away from a team with one of the best youngest best young pitching staffs in the game because ownership isn't committed to winning and spending. Which right. that lines up because I thought this was just him like turning over control of the team. I now no, I now he's selling saw his that shares too. He bought he bought I don't know if he got bought out or he sold it. He's no longer affiliated with the state selling it. Yeah, he's out 100% CEO, employment, and also investment. Right. He's, uh, he's a, a free agent in that sense. And then now there's reports that um, ESPN want to bring him on. Did you see that? Yeah, I do. I don't see him doing that. Can you imagine him joining the K-Rod cast with no, A-Rod and Michael K? No. I wouldn't. That, I, you know, if I you, would if not. The, if, the, I, if, the, I, if he was a guest the, first. If the MLBPA needs him? like needs like a fucking like a rough and rowdy like charity like hey we're running out of funds have A Rod and Jeter boss each other that would be a fight that like needs to happen. I don't think either side agrees to that at all unless they're in like armor. I dude I, I saw are they it. even friends these days? I would love to know. We should just have Michael K sit them down like on an episode of Center Stage and interview them both. Dude, no, dude, like that, you like, like you know how uh, Magic Johnson and Isaiah Thomas have sat down, Kobe and Shaq have sat down, yep. dude. M MLB Network, get off your ass! And while they're while these idiots are work, are working at the CBA, go to A Rod, go to Jeter, and be like, let's make this happen. <laughs> because let's get CC to moderate it. CC would be fire. CC and Tex, or CC and like. I don't know, CC and Mariano or someone. Yeah, like G. Two well-respected guys. Yeah, that'd be cool. But as, as far as, like, the whole Marlins thing goes, going back to that original yeah, topic. Yeah, go ahead. I, I mean, I never felt like I, – I, I felt like for the first time as a Yankee fan, when you saw Derek Jeter, he was Mr. Yankee. He represented all things good. He was a respectful man, a gentleman. Um, and on top of that, a hell of a baseball player who seemed to make all the right plays in all the right moments and all he the biggest hell, times. He had a hell of a roster. Yeah. Well, he had a hell of a roster, but right at forefront, he was the star of it. You know, I'm, 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 talking, I'm, talking, about, I'm talking about his roster full of girls. 
I'm just saying. We've oh, been, well, that too. Get a it's the old roster on and off the field. You heard me? Yeah, baby. But uh, yeah, so so I, when he after he retired and he took this opportunity with the Marlins for the first time, it was like, oh shit, like Derek Jeter's not Mr. Yankee anymore. So him him not being with the Marlins now makes it feel like come home, you know, come to Papa. The Yankees got to find a spot for him somewhere. He's got to he's got to be reeled back into the Yankee organization so he can forever represent, you know, Mr. October and the Yankees. So I saw this headline. Mr. November, I guess, technically. I saw this headline recently. I, I, I guess it was either today or last night. Stephen A. Smith went on a rant about, like, the Yankees need to fire Brian Cashman and hire Derek Jeter. I almost, like. No, nah, come on. I have heard that there's friction between the two of them, that Jeter and Cash don't get along, and it's for I, those reasons that Jeter yeah, doesn't that was allegedly join the organization. For- Jeter's last contract, you remember how, like, ugly it got? Yeah. Yeah, there was like, a little bit of that, a holdout. Allegedly, that's where that came from. Um, we always knew Jeter was going to come back, though. It's like Brett Gardner. Some things are just constants in Yankee history. I know, but I almost – if Jeter comes back, he needs, a, he needs some type of ownership stake. With the Yankee – House Steinbrenner – They're yeah, not going to give him a penny. But he, and maybe he does or doesn't, but he they, needs to buy, I mean, he needs to buy into the organization in some type of way. I don't think it's because he selling. wants to be an owner. Yeah, but I don't think I don't I don't know if it's going to be with the Yankees. Don't you think he would have done that from the beginning if it was possible? He well, you're the one who says to get him back to the Yankees. I just the only I way think the he only needs way a anything, job. What happened? I would make him the, the the manager, dude. If he would want to manage, he doesn't the want Yankees. to. He's been on the record about it. He says it takes too much time away from his kids. He wants to be an owner. He wants to be an owner in baseball. And I think that's like that's where this is at. Owner I manager. Think. I don't Give think him one per, 1%. I don't know. I don't think place Booney. I, 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 I just know. he he built one of the best free uh, one of the best um pitching rotations in baseball. And you know, I I just I see him more as I see him more as a GM or as a more involved owner. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that. Either way, I'm kind of happy that he's out of the Marlins organization. But it also, like, I thought the own, like, the Marlins haven't spent a ton of money. Like, that's what I don't get. Like, they're not committed to spending the win. Like, like they have a they they have a very good um, they have a very they have a very good minor league system. Like I guess that I don't really know who needs to be paid on that on that uh, on that team, but like I just I don't know I just I, I assume that it's just it's the Jeter wants to win and I and I commend him for being a gentleman about it and just saying like hey I'm not you know I'm not I'm not I'm not gonna essentially tank which is what I think they're doing. Yeah. I think that um, I think that, it, and this this supports the case about MLB, right? This is a team with owners, rich, wealthy ownership that is not willing to spend to be competitive. The Marlins have a deep minor league system; they have good uh, prospects, but they they need you know they need free agency. They need to build around that core in order to get them uh, yeah. available, you know, and competitive. I, I- I think that the only way you get Jeet is if you offer him, is, is if you are, he has to be, he has to be some type of owner, like not even like an assistant to an owner. Like I, I, I don't know. I don't think anything's going to happen this year with him. I really think that maybe he wants to just be at home and be a dad for a little bit, but I, it, it, this will not be the last time we see him in, um, this will not be the last time we see him in baseball. No, definitely not. I think he'll be back to the game. I'm not sure that being in the booth is for him, but I think no. I, I can see him being a guest. Else. I can I can see I you know, I I can see him being some type. I I you know maybe maybe the K Rod thing isn't too far fetched, but I really I don't I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Either way, best of luck to Jeter. Best Welcome luck. back home, baby. We missed you. Yep. All right, Tim. All right. So from one one um. From one, from a, from a, 
from one Hall of Famer to a future Hall of Famer, I guess. I'm trying to figure out where you're going here. I am too. You want to? Well, I've, I've, I've actually, I've controlled the last two topics, so I'll let you, where do you want to go from here? I'm going to go right down the list, and I want to talk about how good the Philadelphia 76ers looked against your New York Knicks on Sunday. And Fuck not only on Sunday, but in their game on Friday Fuck. night, I think it was, Fuck against the T-Wolves. Blew them out by Tobias 31 Harris. points. Fuck you, Tobias Harris. All right, since you want to do that, why don't you tell the people? I'm no, I'm the, I, I, you, I have to be a good co-host. And nah, I have to shut it. up. No, this nah, is, this nah, is you, your show. Nah, now you brought it up eight times, so now you're going to tell the people why you're saying that. They know if they follow if they follow the Instagram page, they Tim know. And I had had a uh, multi leg parlay. Yeah, like it would have it would have won us a nice chunk of change to then take to Peter Luger's. And Ten bucks to win thirteen hundred dollars. A nine leg parlay. Everything hit. Everything except Tobias Harris needed over two and a half assists. And he For got people who are not familiar with gambling. That means two. he needs three assists. And he, he had two. Two bias. And yeah, it's dumb. I was pretty disappointed in that. And and I was out with Alyssa's friend and her boyfriend and Alyssa. Mm-hmm. And I was trying not to, you know, I was trying to be a good friend and not you know show that side of the upset sports gambler. But I was pretty upset. We could have had some nice, nice ribeyes, dude. Dude, nice I had ribeyes, the- cream spinach. I had the first four hundred dollars spent because I owe my I owe my roommate slash landlord, <laughs> but then the the other nine hundred bucks I was like, oh my god, I had so many things planned. Yeah, I had so many things planned. It was unreal. And then Tobias so, had so, but that that combo, dude, James Harden and Joel Embiid. They what did you think of them? They look they look good, clean. Right? They look clean. They look like they've been running this shit for a very long time. Like, they, like their, their chemistry is already there. I don't know how it is, but their chemistry double. is... What happened? James Harden comes out and posts a triple-double, right? I don't know why people are texting me right now. Um, tell, tell people you're on air. This is, a, this is a busy time for Timmy. I know. People are just fucking sending me. Call me later. Me. Don't even call me. I don't want to talk to you. Um, so, I, I no. So, I, I know where you're going with it. It, it, it truly does look like both teams made out the best with this trade. Like, James Harden has come alive again. Him and Joel Embiid running, them, running those high pick and rolls. Joel's have you know, Harden being there allows him to space the floor more. I just, I, I think that this is working because it's all new to everybody and no one knows how to defend it. I re- like, with how much that Philly gave up, I can really see... I, I can I can once they figure this out I can see Philly maybe collapsing over it but I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah I I, I don't. Honestly, Phillies look as good as they've looked in the last four or five years. They went through so many changes with their roster over the years, and I feel like this is kind of their final form. And allegedly, it seems like James Harden always wanted to play with Embiid. And Embiid finds Harden to be the perfect teammate because the way he can create space and facilitate. I don't know if they're just saying that because they're actually playing together now, but the fact that they went to the free throw line, what, 40 times on Sunday? Joel Embiid shot 20, 25 free throws and made 21 of them. That was That's he, ridiculous. When he, you I did, he, that, the game, the game that you and I bet on, I think he finished with like 37 points or some shit. The idea that 21 of those were from the, from the line, oh, my God, that was unreal. Yeah. Yeah, no, they look really, really good. And it's not just them. You know, I, I noticed that Embiid and, and Harden were controlling, like, I mean, I don't know the stats, but what seemed like 99% of the possessions, every single time down the court, it was running through either one of them, usually Dude, like, starting with Harden. And then the bro. other guys, just to finish the point, the yeah, other yeah, guys yeah. around the perimeter, Tobias Harris, Tyrese Maxey, Matisse Thibel, you know, those guys still did an excellent job of filling their space, knocking down shots when they were being distributed to. Like, if they, if those guys played to – I'm not so much worried about Harden and Embiid in the playoffs. I'm worried about those other guys, whether they can 
perform. And if they continue to perform the way that they did in these last two games. Joe has to stay healthy. That's the biggest thing in the playoffs, I think. He's apparently he's changed his whole diet and he's gotten his body right. I mean, it shows in the way he's been playing and his ability to stay on the court. Right. So the way that I, the way that I read the tea leaves with this is that. So the Harden's biggest problem was that he had to compete with Kyrie and KD. And Bede's problem was that like Ben Simmons was a pat was a point forward as we are, as we all know. So, like, he was a down and low guy. These two, both of them are selfish in their own way that they both need the rock, but, like, not in the same positions. Like, you know what I mean? Right. Like, where Harden, Harden handles the top of the key. He needs, he needs, he, he creates separation. He can run the pick and rolls. He can, you know, he, he, he can handle the ball up top or he just draw, or he just throws it to Embiid in the post and then everyone gets the fuck out of Embiid's way with the perfect support cast around him. Matisse Thibel has become one of the best defensive players in the, in the NBA since, since Doc Rivers took over. Uh, Tyrese Maxey, that's his name, the point yep. guard for them. He is not as big as Kyrie, but can give you what you need, and you saw that in the game. I don't know, remember what point in the game it was. I think there was like three or four minutes left in it. But they, like, the, Knicks were, the, the Knicks were making the push, and they didn't, the ball wasn't in Harden or in Bede's hand. It got kicked out to this kid. Well, I think there were there was like three or four seconds left on the shot clock. He throws it up from maybe 30 feet out, and it just hits nothing but the bottom of the net. Like they're both in a perfect situation where they can both be the guys in their respective fields. They don't have to compete with anybody else for boards or for or for points, and they have the perfect support cast around them. The only thing that I'm gonna hang my hat on is like these both of these guys are rested coming off the coming off the all-star break. When they're both exhausted. I think it's going to be really interesting to see how deep the, the how deep the what's it called can go, how deep the bench can go. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that in a seven game series against the Nets with everyone healthy, the Nets definitely outweigh them. I, I mean, you have Simmons to lock down uh, Harden, and then you have Andre Drummond to lock down Joel Embiid. Not lock down, but obviously limit those guys. I could see the Nets giving them some problems. And then you have KD, you know, who's probably going to be locked up by Embiid, actually. But I think that the Nets could still take them in that type of setting. I mean, I I can't wait for that game on March 10th. If Ben Simmons is able to get on the court and KD's back from injury, which it seems like he will be by the end of this week, that's going to be a hell of a game. Like, hostile environment going into Philly. Ben doesn't – I, I'm sorry. I'm in. I'm in another thought. I'm getting. I'm getting told to do something that's important. But did you like? Did Did you say anything about Ben Simmons? I'm sorry. Yeah, that whether or not he comes back for the March 10th game. It, it just doesn't seem like it's like he's going to. It doesn't seem like he's on pace. They're saying that he has back problems. They're saying that he needs to get his conditioning up and that they're going to take their time with him. He still hasn't done team activities, so I, it doesn't seem like it. But. I think at some point you got to get it out of the way. And if you're able to play physically, you should put him out there just to not get it over with because this is going to be a constant every time he plays in Philly for the rest of his career. And, but that way he can at least get acclimated to it. I like what Bart Scott said yesterday. They were asking him about it. And he said, if you're Durant and Ben Simmons is healthy to play, you pull him aside in the locker room and you say, Ben Simmons, you're getting the fucking ball. You're going straight to the hole. You're dunking on James Harden and Joel Embiid, and if you're lucky enough that it's James Harden that you're uh, that you're dunking on, make sure you rub your jock strap all over his beard so he can smell you for the rest of the night, dude. <laughs> I loved it. I love Bart Scott. Can't wait. Can't wait. No, but dude, do you? I remember? love that though. So and I agree you, with it, 110. percent Do you remember? at the high point of our friendship with stupid Steve, how we had, when Dwight Howard went to LA and it was his first, it was his first game back to Orlando. You remember that? Dwight Howard went to, uh, not really, to be honest. No, not as much as I remember like LeBron going back to Cleveland. I feel you. D12, his first game back in Orlando. Like he had like 45 points and, and Kobe only had like 11, but he had like 16 assists or something like that. 
and they were all the D12, like making his point known, like, yo, I'm, I'm, I'm back in Orlando and you guys, and, and you guys are the reason that I'm not here anymore. Dude, the idea of, the idea of Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid just going at each other, like, I would pay money to see that. Go fighting? You just want to see for, everyone fight. fight. First A Rod and Cheater, and now Ben Simmons and Joel. I, no, 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 They're no, building no, a pretty no, lit card, like actually. Just like a, a Embiid, Embiid dunks on him, or 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 Simmons dunks in on Embiid. Like Embiid's not a fighter; he's not going to throw a fist. But like going, getting like face to face, and like having to be separated, and just like making it tense as we go, as we go deeper into the third quarter. Like I just, I love that idea. I love everything about it. We'll have to see if one day it comes to fruition. Yeah. Ben Simmons, March 10th. You think he's on the court, Tim? If he's not, he better have a damn good reason for not, though. So. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I don't think so either. We'll move on from that. Tim, staying with the NBA. Actually, we got a couple things we want to talk about with the NBA. But next up. Is the Eastern Conference the conference to beat this year? What say you? It's got to be. What say you? It shouldn't take, shouldn't take you this long. Yeah, I, it definitely is. I think the Eastern Conference, you rolled deep into the playoffs this year if you're the I Eastern expect, Conference. I was expecting you to have more of a question. I was expecting you to think more of a question about it. To give uh, you a question about it? No I, was, no, I was expecting you to be more questionable about it. Oh, no, I think it's a no-brainer. You look at the West, the West, your top two teams right now are the Suns and the Warriors, and the Suns just lost Chris Paul for basically right up until the playoffs start. The, uh, whatchamacallit, the Warriors are rolling, and they're only going to get healthier. So out of the West, they have to be the favorite right now, I think. Then you have other teams who are like perennial playoff teams, like the Mavericks, the Nuggets, the Jazz. The, you know, maybe the Lakers find a way to squeeze in there. The Pelicans have been getting hot lately. The Timberwolves have been a surprise team this year. Those are all fine and dandy, but they don't, they don't have the, like, some of those teams are young and experienced. They don't have a veteran presence and leadership to take them to that next level. So the only real threat that you see there is, like, the Warriors. And then looking at the East, you have the Bucks who just did it last year. Yeah, you, you have the Bucks, you have Miami, over. you have Chicago, you have I, I yeah, I, yeah. I, I, you're 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 right. I'm wrong. Like the East, the East run, the East. It, this goes to there's the so East. much veteran presence. There's just a different style of basketball. It's a little bit more hard nosed. Like I realistically, like. the old the like every game is gonna be fun to watch in the playoffs. I believe just because playoff basketball just hits different, assuming it's not a forty point blowout. Yeah, but. Like the only like every every everything everything's gonna be interesting to watch. The only one that's gonna really mean it that's gonna really mean anything is when Golden State and I'll, and, and Phoenix meet in the Western Conference Finals to see who goes and plays in the finals. Like other, think other than happen. that, what happened? I think it'll happen. I think Some that's the only, like who like who's gonna replace them? I don't know. I just feel like that's not gonna go according to plan. Something like this whole Chris Paul thing is making me feel like there's a wrench thrown into it. You're gonna, There's you're gonna. gonna I'll be the first one to say this. This is, this is, Dan, uh, not Dan. This is the Spiders' last year in the playoffs with the Utah Jazz. Before he gets straight to the Knicks, right? I don't, I don't care about the Knicks. Like he's just, like I, he hates Rudy Gobert. The organization has more money sank into Rudy Gobert than anybody else. So like they're gonna stand they by. They lost him. Joe Ingles. That was a stupid fucking move. Regardless of he's hurt, like he, like he was Spider's security blanket. It's a shame to see what happened there. But yeah, I think the obvious answer is the East. There's a lot of. Really I agree with you. I, 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 I'm a little worried about Chicago. They really seem like they're falling off the map. Like they, like they really seem like they're falling. I don't know if when Lonzo Ball and AC get back, I don't know if that will be a huge help. I really, I really don't know. Um, but the one thing—the one thing that pissed me off last night—the like, like I, this is why I hate. Oh, I'm sorry. What are you pissed me? Demar Derozan is absolutely carrying that team right now. He is, but this is you're you're effort. playing into my next point though. So the what up until like la, up until like three nights ago, before Ja went on the uh, on the tear that he has been on, everyone was like, "This is Demar Derozan's MVP to lose." 
Now, Ja, admittedly, Ja played some unbelievable, I'm going to borrow from Bill, some unbelievable games. He truly worked himself. He did work. That, that one inbounds from Steven Adams to end the quarter, there to end the half where he took the shot before he even landed. Like, Ja did work. But that was four fucking games. And now all of a sudden, this is John. John Moran could be MVP this year. John Moran could be MVP. <coughs> like, bro, DeMar DeRozan, has, like you said, has been carrying that team while everybody else is gone. He was night the in, night out. 30-point game after 30-point game. Like, nine in a row, I think it's been. Like, the, la- like the Lakers – the Lakers like didn't want to give him a long, didn't want to give him a two year deal. And now Chicago looks like bandits giving them what they gave him. Yeah. That's got to like, be the best signing in free agency. Free agency absolutely. Hands down. Hands, Hands down. down. He, he has done work. He is like, he, he's just been, he like, I'm just, it pisses me off that like, while John ja Morant has, John work and will probably run the league one year. I will say I think I think that John Morant's stock is is going up. ASAP. Oh, it's skyrocketing. And if not- you look at the Bulls, you could argue that the Bulls have more depth and more star caliber talent than the than the Grizzlies have. John Morant's doing more with less, and he's getting. Last night he put up a fifty-two piece. I think it was the other night he had forty-six. He he you broke know, DeMar's, he broke DeMar's the Grizzlies record back. But- he broke the Grizzlies record back to back for most points scored in the game. And I, again, I'm not taking anything away from Ja. He's earned all the praise that's coming with this. He's the he's the mayor of Memphis. He's going to be the guy on that team for the next 15 years. That it's Ja's town. And I'm not taking anything away from him. Hopefully, yep. man. I hope the last thing that kid needs is an injury or something. He looks like Derrick Rose 2.0. I know. But dude, like just like I. It, this is like DeMar DeRozan. I'm sorry. Like he, like he has done more throughout the season, not taking anything away from Ja. He has just done more throughout the season. AC fresh and Lonzo ball have been hurt. And they, DeMar's just been carrying this team with a bunch of nobodies. And it's I just, agree with you. I agree with you, but you watch DeMar DeRozan play and it's not flashy. It's not sexy. It's just like mid range, pull up, back you down, turn around, fade away, pull up, you know, uh, and, and he's just like a really fundamental, skilled basketball player. There's not as much explosiveness like, like there was when he was in his Toronto days. He's just kind of like stability. And then you watch John Moran play. And just last night alone, he puts, who was it, Pirtle on a poster. And then he catches a Hail Mary from Steven Adams with 0.4 seconds left on the clock, shoots the ball midair and swishes it to beat the halftime buzzer. You just don't see that. You know, so like I, this is—he's—he's he's introducing something new to the game, just the same way that Steph Curry did, with with the way like he's—he's he's Derek Rose. And when I say two point I mean like he is more explosive and has more shooting ability. And he's basically a twenty twenty—he's exactly what he is—a twenty twenty two version of Derek Rose. He's more skilled than than I. So think. I'm a borrow. I, I like when remember when I'll be I'll be the first I'll I'll admit. Before Charles Oakley got kicked out of the garden, I didn't fully understand what, like, what Oakley had done. I knew his jersey was retired. I knew he played. I knew he played for, with, with Jordan on the Bulls. I knew that. I didn't really know that much about his game, though. And I went to some people who I knew. Ed was one of them, but I asked some other well-respected people who, 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 uh, who you know, know basketball. I said, what's Charles Oakley? Hey, what, what is Charles Oakley? What, what type of player was Charles Oakley? And the person looked me dead in the face and said, he is a blue collar player. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, this isn't a And he said, he just, he did his job. He was efficient in it. He defended his teammates. He battled on the boards and he just did his job. That's essentially what I feel like you're saying about DeMar DeRozan. He, he's not, you know, he's not pulling up with, he, he's not pulling up in a, in a $5 million car. He's not pulling up in, you know, Versace and, and everything like that. Like he's just, he's coming to work. He's doing his job. He's going home. He's cashing a paycheck, and he's doing his job well. Absolutely, and that's what I, I feel like, like. Demar Derozan is a blue collar player. I like. I, I. I think that's like that's the way I want to describe it, and that's perfectly fine. I listen. If this somehow forces Demar to go to another level, we haven't seen him go to. I'm all for it. If we get, it, it, you know, if this gives us more games of Ja and and Chicago, I'm all for it. If, if I don't know, I don't have the schedule in front of me. If Chicago plays Ja, 
that has to be a fucking that has to be a nationally televised game. Yes. ABC Sunday, like three thirty game, something like that. Dude, done. Last night, last night you had the Heat and the Bulls, and the Heat handled them. I know, and I th- and I think that, and I think that's why the Ja MVP talk is taking off the way that it is. Yeah, yeah, his team just keeps rolling. They're the best team in the league against the spread. Fun, fun fact: the Heat or the Bulls, the Grizzlies. Grizzlies, okay. Yeah, they had. I feel like, like you brought that up. Before. Probably have been betting them a decent amount. Yeah. My parlay completely shit last night. Just so you know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I put one in tonight for uh, Raptors money line. Uh, oh no, I think it was Raptors minus four and a half. Seth Curry two plus threes, and Seth Curry over thirteen points. Okay, something, something like just some small to make sure I don't lose all my. Kyrie time. can't play tonight because it's in Canada, right? Correct. Okay. So the, the Raptors are probably going to win by thirty plus. Yo, completely off topic. With the vaccine mandate ending in in my in New York. Apparently, this doesn't clear Kyrie to play. No. No, Eric Adams has been talking a lot about it lately. He said as much as he wants to bring a title to New York and help the Nets be more competitive by reevaluating the, the mandate, he With, said that he can't do that because then he's going to be – he feels disrespectful towards people who are mandated for their jobs. And he again, we a special exception. Kyrie. We we don't play we don't play politics on the show, but like like that's like a fair answer. Like I can't do this for you because you're in the elite one yeah. percent of what you do, and not do this for you know Joe Joe the plumber to quote Obama. Like my opinion, Kyrie should just get vaccinated. But like why? But like if he ends the vaccine mandate, then how is it still in effect then? Think about how many people have lost their job, jobs. No, 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 no. I, I agree with you. I get the numbers of it, but I thought that once the vaccine mandate ends, they can't say they can't tell Kyrie to go get vaccinated. Then. Correct. But then, what are you going to do with all those people who lost their jobs? They're all going to get their jobs back. You know what I mean? That's what I assume. That's what I assume would come of this if, if they end the vaccine mandate. Oh, you think? I, don't know. I, I, think that, I think it's a hill that you have to die on. I don't think you can go back on that. You fucked up but, so many people's lives. No, I agree with you on it. Like it, 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 it's the it's the deal with the devil that you made, but that it comes with. If you if you're end like the like the to be to be able to work in New York City, you have to be vaccinated. I get that, but if that mandate ends, shouldn't it then end for Kyrie and everybody else who who is unvaccinated? Yeah, yeah, it should. <coughs> yeah, and I think it would. That's yeah, the way I, I interpret it. I hope so. I mean, like I just. Just the way that Eric Adams is making it sound is like is that it's not ending for Kyrie, which I don't quite get. Mm, well, he he's not prepared to do that yet. March seventh, it's done, brother. Is it? That's what he said. He, that's what. Well, did he coming. say that? This has been out. I want to say at least a week. Oh, uh, yeah. New York City ma- vaccine mandate. For indoor dining. So does that mean Kyrie can play? I guess that's your question to me. I hope so. Yeah, one hour ago, New York City Mayor says Kyrie Irving can't play at home despite lift on indoor vaccine mandate. Like, how is that not a a double-edged sword, though? That's ridiculous. Yeah, that, that's kind of frustrating. How are you going to do that? I, like, I don't get. Like, I don't get any of it. So you you no longer need to be vaccinated to be eating indoors. You can walk into a restaurant and have a meal. Someone, but... someone smarter has to like has to, to has to explain this to me because I really I don't understand how like I don't think they understand it either. I know, like, I, I don't know. That's absurd. It is. That's absurd. Hopefully by the playoffs that's resolved because we, we need him if we're going to go. You need him at game seven at home. I agree with you. Yes. The good news, though, is We might you... not even be home. <coughs> what happened? We might, at this rate, we might not even be home. We'll be lucky if we don't have to play in the play-in tournament. No, yeah, be... yeah, we'll see. 
All right. Well, I feel like this was a great therapy session, Dr. Jose. Thank you very much. I feel I, I got all of my frustrations out about the MLB. I'm glad. I'm glad we could do that for you. Um, I think that, you know, there was a lot that you need to get off your chest and you deal with it in a very mature and responsible manner by speaking it through here. Yeah. Well done, Tim. <laughs> well done, Jose. Thank you for rocking with us. Thank you for rocking with my pod, uh, with my uh, rant. I appreciate it. Probably said some stuff, uh, you know, the, the fuck Rob Manfred thing. I don't really take it back. I just regret saying it five times. Well, if you count the amount of times you just said it now, it's actually six. So, you're, you know, I don't regret good. it. I don't regret any of them. And he probably deserves it. I mean, at this, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I'm over it. I'm over it as baseball. Well. Give us baseball. Everyone will be happy again. Again, oh, what, do, what did we what did we say in January? To not be able to say at the Super Bowl X amount of days until pitchers and catchers report, like it wouldn't be a February. Yep. True that. Yep. All right, man. I, I, I'm good. I feel better. Do you have anything we need to cover? No, I feel like we went pretty in depth. We yeah, man. Our analysis. Hopefully, the people appreciate it. You know, let us know. Yeah. Everybody, you know, let us know what you're thinking. Hit us up on Instagram. We still don't get anybody from Instagram to ever hit us up. Let us know what you're thinking on Spotify. Drop a comment on Spotify. Drop a comment on YouTube. Let us know what you're thinking. Hit us in the DMs. Let us know what you're thinking. Let us know what you want to hear more of. Let, let us know if you understand the vaccine mandate, how it's ending, but yet Kyrie still can't play. We don't fucking understand Pre-Kyrie. Pre, yeah, for, we're, this is a for Kyrie podcast. Um, Jose, you good? Hit the music, Tim. All right. Peace, y'all. Why don't you talk tonight? Drugs got me sweating, but the room getting colder Looking at the devil and the angel on my shoulder Lean with me, pop with me Get high with me if you rock with me Smoke with me, drink with me, lean with me